Good morning. Welcome to Zion Lutheran Church on the second Sunday in Lent as we gather together to receive God's gifts to us in word and sacrament. Uh, just before we begin our worship, a reminder that March newsletters are in your mailboxes, so make sure you pick that up if you haven't. Uh, we will also continue with our midweek services this Wednesday, so a reminder, even if you didn't make it last week, you are certainly invited to join us this week. Uh, and then final reminder that next Sunday will be the last day for Easter Lily orders. So you'll want to get those in this Sunday or next. Do you have any announcements you would like to share or any prayer requests? Yeah. The other flowers today are given for Judy Bodiger's birthday today. Yay! <laughs> I didn't pick that up and get it in a bulletin, so I wanted to make sure. Make sure you tell Judy happy birthday. Uh, yeah, happy birthday, Judy. <laughs> yeah. Lee Schrader. Right. If there are no other requests, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. and I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are bad and sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved Renew us and lead us, so that we may lie in your will and walk in your ways to the glory. 
mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. O oh God, by the passion of your blessed Son, you made an instrument of shameful death to be for us the means of life. Grant us so to glory in the cross of Christ that we may gladly suffer shame and loss for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first reading is from Genesis. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty, walk before me and be blameless, and I will make my covenant between me and you, and will make you exceedingly numerous. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the ancestor of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. 
for I have made you the ancestor of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. I will establish my covenant between me and you, and your offspring after you throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. God said to Abraham, as for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall give rise to nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. The word of the Lord. We will intone Psalm 22. second reading is from Romans. The promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason, it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of all of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which is, was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses, and was raised for our justification. The word of the Lord.
Gospel according to St. Mark. Jesus began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all of this quite openly, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and to forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Christ. I invite you to be seated. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, we continue walking through the Ten Commandments this Lenten season. And so we remember that in the first commandment, God demands your heart. He demands that you fear, love, and trust him above everything else, which are all demands made of your heart. And in the second commandment, God demands your lips. He demands that you call upon him in every need. And we see how these two commandments are connected. When our hearts trust the Lord, then our lips will confess that trust, and we will speak God's name in order to call upon him and to praise him and to thank him. And now this morning we get to the third commandment. And in the third commandment, God is going to demand your ears. How will you know to fear, love, and trust God above all else as the first commandment demands? How will you know how to use God's name, not in vain, but in faith, as the second commandment demands? Well, in Romans chapter 10, St. Paul is going to make this point for us. He writes, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in one of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone to proclaim? God makes himself known to us through the proclamation of his word. We made this point a couple of weeks ago when Adeline was baptized. We said in her baptism, God has spoken words of promise to her. And now part of our duty as a congregation is to make sure that she hears those words for the rest of her life. And so we come together every Sunday. <clears throat> we come together to hear preaching we come to receive the sacrament. We come to hear the scriptures read. We come to sing and hear the word given to us in song. We come to respond to God's goodness in prayer and praise and thanksgiving. But all of this has one central purpose, which is that God is taking control of our ears. The words we receive and hold on to through our ears will inevitably travel to our hearts and form our hearts. The third commandment, as you know, is to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy, or sometimes it is written to hallow the holy day. And for the Jews in the Old Testament, this meant specific requirements about what to do on the seventh day of the week. It meant there was to be no hard work done. It may have meant that this day was spent at the temple or in a synagogue and so on. Christians, however, are not under the law in that regard. The external demands that came with the third commandment were specific to the Jews under Old Testament law. And as much as I would love to stand here and preach against businesses being open on Sundays and my favorite soapbox, youth sports, having practices and games the first day of the week, that's really not what the commandment is getting at at its heart. Doing labor of some sort on a Sunday afternoon is really not fundamentally what this commandment is demanding of us. 
keeping the Sabbath was not at the heart of the commandment about devotional acts that were going to please God. The commandment about the Sabbath was not about God demanding the people giving up work for a day to prove how holy they are. Instead, the Sabbath is and always was about refreshing God's people with God's word. Jesus makes this point over and over in the Gospels when he says, the Sabbath was created for man and not man for the Sabbath. In Jesus' ministry, the Pharisees often wanted to make the Sabbath the battleground to fight with Christ. Jesus was healing on the Sabbath. Jesus' disciples were gathering grain to eat on the Sabbath. And the Pharisees missed the point that the heart of the commandment was not about just following rituals or external rules, but it was always about the refreshment of God's people. For Christians, the commandment to keep the Sabbath holy is not about rigid ritual to satisfy God, but it's about being refreshed by God's word. And each of our days is made holy, not by the acts of piety we perform, not by the things we give up, but it's made holy by God's word. Therefore, the Sabbath command for Christians is about making our ears available to gladly hear God's word. This is what makes a Sabbath day. That is holy for you. What is holy for you is hearing God's word, receiving God's word. So out of custom, Christians have gathered on the first day of the week with special attention to hearing and receiving God's word. And furthermore, we all know that nature shows us that none of us can work 24-7 or we're going to drop dead. Every person does, in fact, need a time to be refreshed, a time to rest. And so we as Christians use our day off in our culture and in our tradition Sunday as a time specifically to be refreshed by God's word. And so the third commandment is not just about what we do on Sundays. The commandment to hallow the holy day is about the Sabbath rest you now enjoy in Christ. Sunday itself is not intrinsically holier than Monday. December 25th is not holier than July 25th. Easter is not holier than any other day. Instead, wherever God's word is proclaimed, that day is made holy. Wherever God's word is preached and received, Christians are being made holy. And so for the Christian, every day is a Sabbath day in the sense that we do not work to please God. Instead, every day, we receive the gracious gifts of God through Jesus Christ. Every day for the Christian is an opportunity to be refreshed and to be made holy by God's word. And so, of course, on Sundays, we do this very intentionally as a congregation out of an important and ancient tradition. However, every day you have the opportunity to hear God's word, to learn it, to receive it joyfully, to put your faith in it, and therefore every day you can be refreshed by God's word. Now, of course, we don't neglect Sunday worship, but Sunday worship is not the only demand the third commandment is making on us, because every day for the Christian is a Sabbath day. But also every day in the life of the Christian is a day of battle. Satan does not rest, our sinful flesh does not take a day off, the temptations of the world do not follow a 40-hour work week. Therefore, there is not a single day in which the third commandment does not apply to us. Every day, we want and we need God's word in our ears, in one form or another. Because every day, we need, we need God's word to enter our ears in order to reach our hearts. To form our hearts in faith and trust, we need that word of the gospel every day. If you've ever flown on an airplane before and you paid attention to the pre-flight safety talk given before the plane takes off, you will know that if the oxygen mask come down in an emergency, you're supposed to put your mask on first before helping those around you. You have to have your oxygen secure before you're any good to another person in any kind of emergency. In the same way, to be of any good in this sinful world, we want to make sure that we are sustained by the promises of God's word. We need to hear that Jesus Christ is for us. We need to remember God's promises to us. 
This becomes our oxygen. When the world's in crisis mode, when there's emergencies all around us, it is the promise of God that becomes that oxygen that secures us to be a help to others. And so the third commandment is always that constant demand of our ears. And it asks of us, are we giving our ears to God? Are we taking time to gladly hear his word, to learn it? Are we listening to faithful preaching of the word? Are we coming to the sacrament, trusting in God's promises for us? That is how we open up our ears to God's word. And that's how we hear his word for us. And more than that, that's how we hear his refreshing word. Because that is what the Sabbath rest is for us Christians. It is being refreshed in Jesus Christ. Amen. and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, God from not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit, and 
proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Now let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Heavenly Father, give us your Holy Spirit, that we might deny ourselves, take up the cross as you give, and follow your Son through this troubled life into heaven. Prepare us to give up our lives, knowing that Christ has already saved them. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, give the church and all her servants grace to fulfill the ministries to which you have committed them. Grant each of us the strength to confess Christ boldly before the world and allow us together to gladly hear your word and receive it. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, teach us to shun neither our Lord's suffering nor our own. When we endure persecution or ridicule for being your servants, give us faith and perseverance. As you have promised, deliver us out of the hand of the wicked and redeem us from the grasp of the ruthless. Lord, in your mercy. O God, Abraham was only one. Abraham was only one when you called him, but you blessed and multiplied him. Protect mothers with children, and equip fathers, mothers, grandparents, and all families to lead and to raise their households in fear and trust of you. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, all kingship belongs to you, and you rule over all nations. Bless Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, and all who hold elected office, that they may serve wisely and in accordance with your will. Lord, in your mercy. Great physician, you heal and restore. And so this morning we lift up to you, Judy, Tammy, Charlie, Jane, John, Don, Leah, Nancy, Wayne, Doit, Jim, Brian, Marilyn, Joanne, Tony, Carolyn, Nancy, Carol, Ralph, and all of those who grieve the passing of Lee. Give them your holy care and strength to bear their crosses, that they may endure on that joyful day to see the Son of Man coming into his kingdom. Lord, in your mercy. O Lord, at your table, the afflicted eat the body and blood of your Son and are satisfied. Through our afflictions, deepen our hunger for this table that we may eat and drink and be satisfied by Christ's saving life. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, receive our praise this day for St. Peter and his confession that Jesus is the Christ. We rejoice that your Son builds his church upon this rock and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Keep us this, in this faith all of our days. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence in Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you almighty and merciful father through our Savior Jesus Christ you call your people to cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the paschal feast that renewed in the gift of baptism we may come to the fullness of your grace and so with all the choirs of angels with the church on earth and the host of heaven we praise your name and join their unending hymn Holy, almighty, and merciful God, you are most holy, and great is the majesty of your glory. You so loved the world that you gave your only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. We give you thanks for his coming into the world to fulfill for us your holy will, and to accomplish all things for our salvation. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Remembering, therefore, his solitary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again, we give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving, and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace, and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
and I invite you to stand. And let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever.
peace. Serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.